0: Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skolrud.
1: Hey, Skull King Nation! Welcome back to another Skull King Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan Skolrud. I am your host tonight, with me uh, is is my brother Justin. Justin, go ahead and say hi. Hello, everybody. And uh, here we are back for another week of news and notes, covering some fantasy implications from the draft as we uh, as we work our way through. We're halfway through, and tonight we'll be going over the the AFC and NFC South, talking about uh, what uh, uh, the picks that those teams made and what uh, what effect that's going to have fantasy wise for for your teams, whether that be uh, dynasty drafts or just um, things to keep in mind when you're, uh, when you're doing your. Um, when you're, as you're preparing and getting ready for your redraft league. So um, to start off, we want to give a little shout out to uh, our title sponsor, Vox DFS Firelines. They're one of the industry leaders when it comes to lineup consultation for DFS lineups. Um, they, uh, they not only help you create your own lineups, they have guys who will um, give you some advice on who to play, who not to play. They have a, a support person on their website from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, they teach you uh, bankroll management and how to, uh, to not overspend and, and play what you actually can. Um, they, they really are a, a great company, um, a whole lot of fun. They do NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, MLS, NASCAR um and as uh, when football comes up they uh, they do a good job of uh of raking it in during the football season so make sure to go over to voxdfs.com let them know that the uh, guys from Skull king uh, sent you over there all right so let's just let's get into the news and notes um uh, there's going to be a couple things in here that we'll just kind of mention quickly and move move across but um USA Today's Tom Pelissero reports the NFL denied suspended wide receiver Josh Gordon's petition for reinstatement. This doesn't necessarily surprise anyone. What surprises me is what will surprise me is if he actually does get reinstated, and even if he even if he stayed clean, um, just the fact that his continual, um, I guess you could say, disrespect for you know people say disrespect for the shield, um, and just how many chances has this guy been given and still screwed him up without seemingly any regret um, is kind of beyond me, so I would be surprised if he plays if he plays this season
2: yeah, to me, I think Goodell is at the point of enough is enough. Why even bother with the circus uh, Not surprising. Move on. NFL is just going to move on. There's plenty of other athletes that are coming into the league um, that haven't had issues like this. I think uh, Goodell is going to take a hard stance, and Gordon's done,
1: which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, immense talent. So, all right, moving on. Uh, a couple things about Victor Cruz. Um, looks like he was scheduled this past Monday to meet with the Bears. He was scheduled to meet with the Jaguars or he is scheduled to meet with the Jaguars next week um, there's also been a mutual interest with the Ravens you know Victor Cruz was a beast four or five years ago um you know really ever since he was it was it a torn Achilles or toric Tor tendon in his calf or so or no his was the same thing as if i remember it, it was actually the patellar tendon if i remember right the same thing as 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 graham and then in coming back from that he tore the achilles in the other leg um you know i don't see him being any more than a you know flyer one week in dfs you know depending on the matchup is really all i see him as uh, in terms of fantasy relevance for this year
2: I agree it, it too too many injuries and, and not enough production over the last couple of years uh,
1: the Bears released veteran wide receiver Eddie Royal, who aged thirty who was due five million this season there's no dead cap money. Eddie Royal may get a job somewhere, but his you know I think he will be most um, most valuable as a punt returner. <laughs> Um, with a lot of the, with a lot of these teams having their having their wide receiver their wide receiver course for the most part pretty well filled up. I can't think of a team that you know he could maybe go to again. He could maybe go to Baltimore. That's you know that is a team that seems to be starving for wide receivers. So
2: I mean, if if they're taking Victor Cruz's invitation or if they're if they're taking Victor Cruz's interview, Eddie uh, Royal. Once again, injuries have been a a main storyline, but as as the Seahawks can attest, not just anyone can return punts. I mean, Richard Sherman's an insane athlete, but don't let him return the ball, please. So, teams need punt returners, could still have a shot.
1: Yep. All right, uh, the Dolphins, I mean, this is really not Dolphins Resigned running back Damian Williams to a one-year $1.79 million contract. That's basically just a, hey, they've, they've solidified their backup to the Yeah,
2: it's an insurance policy.
1: Yep. Uh, the Broncos, Vance Joseph said the team will have an open competition at running back this season. Uh, to kind of go along with that, we got another thing up here um, that came out today that, um, Uh, from uh, a guy in Denver, um, a news guy in Denver, uh, puts Jamal Charles' chances of making the Broncos' 53-man roster at 50-50. So it's going to be an open competition, really between um, C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles. Um, You know, I don't think, I don't don't know if Capri Bibbs is is still there, if he's just a... Guy down the road, and they've had. I they've got one more guy. I can't think of his. Can't think of who they've got right now. Let me let me pull that up real quick. Denver chart. Um, who else they got? Uh, oh, Devontae Booker. Um. Does, oh, that's right. They don't have Capri Bibs. Um. So yeah, I'm. I, open competition. I still think it'll be C.J. Anderson who who finishes with the job.
2: Yeah, I, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Devontae Booker. had some splash uh, last year. Uh, there's rumors going on that Jamal Charles may not make the 53-man roster. So um,
1: Yeah, that was that 50-50 thing. Yeah, it,
2: his, his knee, though he got signed, no, almost none of that is guaranteed. So I think it's to get him on a roster, get him on the field, because his dynamic one healthy – but can he hold up even through training camp and through everything else, through OTAs? It's a different regiment. The NFL is a different beast. And just because you're talented, it is a violent game. My, I hope the best, but I just don't know. Aging running backs are, are kind of I, – I shy away from.
1: Yep. All right, moving on. Um the Cardinals offensive coordinator indicated that he envisions third round pick Chad Goodwin as Fitzgerald's eventual successor. Chad Goodwin. I think they mean Chad Williams. I think that was a that was a screw up on Sleeperbots bots. Uh, uh, Chad Williams, who is actually um, drafted by Arizona. Yeah. It was actually oh, yeah. drafted by uh, Chad Williams out of Grambling State, uh six foot two hundred seven pounds. Um, I watched a little bit of his of his game film in uh, prepping for the draft. I was shocked, shocked that he went in the third round. I thought he was going to be a fifth- or sixth-round guy. Um, he is very, very talented. Um, I, liked, I liked what I saw out of him. Uh, drops tend to be the concern uh, for Chad Williams. Um, he has sort of that bigger body, um, you know, 6'1", 207. He's not huge compared to, the Larry Fitzgerald. Who is? What is he loading up? Slow internet connection. I love it. Bigger body. I want to say six two six three. So I I could see him possibly taking on that role eventually down the road. So I I think Chad Williams could be an okay dynasty um, dynasty pick and and uh, and so I mean other than that I don't see any real relevance this year with that injuries.
2: yeah, to, to me, uh, I, I equate this to uh, to adding a, a seventh grader for a scholarship offer for a college team. To me, it's way too early to announce any sort of um, next man up behind Fitzgerald to me. Uh, Fitzgerald had over 1,000 yards last year, uh, 1,200 yards the year before. Uh, though he is aging, it's it's too early to tell. I mean, next year the the Cardinals could flop this year and take a wide receiver as their number one pick next year, and that's Fitzgerald's next man or or the successor. So to me, it's too it's too stupid early to try and justify or even mention this unless you're trying to justify your draft pick on a guy you probably overreached for.
1: Very well, could be. All right, Uh, Bears coach John Fox said, Kevin White looks very healthy. Well, that's fine. He was somewhat healthy going into last year too and still couldn't stay healthy and stay on the field. So we're just going to move on. It's still May. (laughs) It's still the month of May. Um, Jaguars coach Doug Marone said, Blake Bortles' throwing motion has, quote-unquote, improved.
2: I would hate to think of what it would look like if it got worse. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, it's... There was nowhere to go but up. It's not Tebow's motion, but... <laughs> All right. Ja- uh, Jaguars coach Doug Marone said, number four overall pick Leonard Fournette has to, quote, earn the starting job. Um, I see nothing wrong with this. Uh, I, you know, again, you and I as Seahawks fans know the, you know, the, the compete, always compete, compete, compete. Um, no, no starting job is is safe. Um, I have no problems with this. I I would love to see Leonard Fournette work hard to actually, you know, earn the job and not just have it handed to him because he was the number four overall pick.
2: Here's what I'll say about this: for Leonard Fournette to earn this job, he basically needs to walk on the field. Uh, T.J. Eldon and Chris Ivy. They didn't want to give either one of them the ball last year, so it's it's one of these things that anybody who thought that the Jaguars going to take anything other than a running back was crazy in the first round. Uh, they need a running game to offset uh, the weaknesses in the passing game. They they were in closer games last year, which is why Bortles' numbers dropped because he didn't have to just chuck the chuck the ball over the field. So to me. Fortnite, yes, obviously everyone has to earn it, but he's going to walk on the field and earn the job.
1: Pretty much. All right, moving on. Next, Eddie Lacy weighed in at 253 pounds a few days ago, two pounds below the limit, the Seahawks set, and collected $55,000 for it. So we can go out and get some chat food, like he always tweets. (laughs)
2: Uh, Can I get? Fifty-five thousand dollars
1: for weighing in under two <laughs> <laughs> oh, fifty. Uh, sorry, two fifty-five. <laughs> sticking with the Seahawks. Uh, speaking in a Monday radio interview, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said the team is considering free agents Colin Kaepernick and Robert Griffin III as it looks to add competition behind Russell Wilson. All right, so here's what I have to say about this. As a not a big fan of Colin Kaepernick, and you know, forget the off, you know, forget the the kneeling thing. Um, just straight up looking at his, his production. I still see him as a one-read quarterback, which I guess as a backup is fine. Um, the, problem with, the problem with Colin Kaepernick is his running numbers tended to go down once everyone figured out the read option. Uh, Russell Wilson's numbers have gone down running the ball since everyone figured out the read option and how to defend it.
2: Yeah, Wilson was hurt last year, though. That's that's one thing you have to
1: factor in. Well, true, sure, but even look at the year before. Even look at the year before his rush, his rushing yard totals were down. Um, so, I can see. I would, I would rather have Colin Kaepernick than Robert Griffin III because Robert Griffin III. If you sign Robert Griffin III, he will get injured. Maybe he might make it to your first pre through your first preseason game before he blows out his knee again and is done, or breaks his collarbone, or tears his shoulder. So, Robert Griffin III is not going to be your backup. If they're going to get anyone, I really honestly think it's going to be Colin Kaepernick. While it doesn't, nece- it doesn't necessarily, you know, I don't think that is going to make any quarterback competition, the job is Russell Wilson's. We're looking for a backup. Colin Kaepernick would be a very serviceable backup. I just don't like him because he's from, played for the 49ers
2: yeah as a as a Seahawks fan it's a little weird seeing Squidward potentially come to our team um, and that I mean anyone who hasn't seen that meme he just looks exactly like him I, I to me I think the the off the field stuff um, I think he gets too much of a bad rap for I think people want Uh, genuineness and someone to take a stand for what they believe in I don't think he should be ridiculed for taking a stand for something I I personally stand for the flag uh, personally Uh, but what I would say is right now he's not good enough to be a starter on a roster he is a very good athlete very serviceable athlete but as of right now with what he's done on the field last year he's a backup
1: currently I think he could start for the Browns or the Bears.
2: Probably, but they're looking to move younger and do the long-term play. I think Kaepernick has shown that he can lead a team, but currently, I don't know if it was his diet last year or anything else like that or all the other stuff, or maybe Chip Kelly is not the NFL genius that he is in college. Totally could buy that. Um and Chip's
1: kind of well. Chip Kelly wasn't even the coach last year. Last year it was it was Tom Silla. So
2: that's right. That's well, it, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's doable for for Kaepernick moving forward as a backup.
1: Yeah, I think I think that I think it could work in Seattle. Um, I mean, even um, you know, NFL Network's Mike Silver reported that the, that John Schneider. Uh, CXGM Seahawks GM actually reached out um, to Colin Kaepernick and said that the, the interest in him is legit. This isn't just a, this isn't just something that's been thrown out there, that it, that was thrown out there a month and a half ago, and now is actually seeming to gain some momentum. So, yeah. right, moving on. ESPN, ESPN, Redskins reporter John Kime projects Samaje per, Perine or Perine. Perine. Things Uh, as the team's Week One starter running back, looking like he's going to pass up Rob Kelly um, as the uh, as the starter. I think that this could very well be, you know, Purine could very well be a guy to look at in terms of a um, later round pickup uh, for redraft leagues. Who could get the start? Uh, it all de- it will all depend on how. How much he gets overdrafted when people see this and and start believing in it and the, and the momentum gains to see how high he starts going, but uh, you know as a as a guy who tends to be a um, a zero RB guy who who fills up loads up on the wide receiver talent early, um, he would definitely be a guy that I would start targeting mid rounds so mid to late rounds.
2: Yeah, if if he takes over Rob Kelly's position, Rob Kelly last year got about seven 700- hundred. Yards six touchdowns. That's serviceable for uh, PPR. Well, you don't really want Rob Kelly for a PPR league, no, but he's not um, He's not going to catch the ball. But what I would say is, is if you're in a standard league uh, and you and you want to go wide receiver heavy at the beginning, or you're a little crazy and you get a, a quarterback early, I think Robert Kelly. I agree with you. Serviceable running back to or, or sorry, oh. Uh, P. Ryan is a serviceable running back to pick up later or whoever the starter is at Washington. If Robert Kelly proceeds to take it, what would be the worst thing to happen is if they do like this A-B testing that was going on in Oakland for the running back position because as a fantasy football, you want the guy wherever it is. And there's 32 starting running backs in the league you need to have a guy who's going to take the lion's share of the load. And we'll see who takes it. Once again, it's still a little too early to, to kind of predict who will be the guy. But um, whoever it is, very serviceable uh, option as, as probably your running back two kind of guy.
1: Yep. All right, speaking Tuesday, Carson Palmer said that John Brown, wide receiver John Brown looks stronger and more explosive following his injury-marked 2016 season. Um, you know, Brown was one of those guys that, um, was pro- was prognosticated as one of those guys that's going to have this big breakout season who would end up, you know, who would end up taking over and being the number one, um, wide receiver in Arizona. Just ask a couple of those guys down at the, uh, down with the fantasy footballers. <laughs> um, but injuries really took over, over him. He dealt with, uh, you know, the sickle cell trait that dealt with a lot of fatigue. He dealt with, uh, leg issues. Um John John Brown is definitely a guy that I won't be targeting as long as he's available late. I'm not worried. He's not a guy I'm gonna, you know, intend on getting or try to get, but if he's available, um, you know, depending on how he looks during the preseason, he's a guy I'd be willing to take a shot on late. Right
2: now, what what round would you feel comfortable grabbing him?
1: Ten or twelve man league. I play both. Uh,
2: we'll do we'll do ten. Ten, oh we'll do twelve. That's that's to me. You got to be doing twelve standard. man leagues. It's it's deeper. It's more difficult. You got to actually do something.
1: I would be okay with him being like my wide receiver five or six. So really, at that point, really, just because again, again, I am I am risk averse when it comes to injury. Guys who have a lot of injury history, who have had a hard time staying healthy, I avoid. So, I. I would you know, I could see I could see taking him personally uh, probably he's probably gonna be right in the 50s or 60s maybe in the 70s um, I could see taking him in the seventh round See,
2: I'm a, I'm a little bit more uh, risk prone on him in that um, he was supposed to be his coming out party was supposed to be last year and just couldn't really get going the single-trade thing Um, I'm not sure how many people actually knew what that was in in the fantasy football world before last year when a couple of players were dealing with it. uh, And uh, I can't remember which one of the uh, Atlanta running backs was dealing with that as well. But um, I think it was Coleman. Um, But it's to me, I'm higher on John Brown because there's going to be a little bit of dip from Fitzgerald um i i'm expecting arizona to have a bigger year um and and i think him healthy is a great great deep threat in the game and so i'm comfortable getting him currently obviously preseason down the road i'm currently comfortable taking him as my wide receiver four because of there there's that explosive factor and maybe i'm wishfully thinking that, that people are going to be down on him looking only at what he was last year. you got to remember, people are going to remember last year more than the year before or really project what a person's possibilities are. And I'm believing more in the upswing than the downswing on John Brown.
1: Well, I currently, on the, the Skull King rankings that we now have up on the website, I have him as the wide receiver. I currently... Have him as the wide receiver fifty one and number one thirty-three overall. So okay. So but again, check proceed. out those rankings,
2: people.
1: <laughs> Skullkingfootball.com. Click on the rankings tab. All right. Eagles are signing former Patriots running back LeGarrette Blunt to a one year deal. Uh to go with that, the Eagles are expected to release Ryan Matthews following the addition of LeGarrette Blunt. We all saw that. Now, again, Ryan Matthews is Currently the reason he's currently still on the roster is because he is still recovering from an injury. Uh, I believe it was neck surgery. So that is why he is still on the roster. Um, but yeah, I'm he's the odd man out. They get Legarrett Blunt, they drafted Donnell Pumphrey, they still have Wendell Smallwood and and Ken John Barner, I believe.
2: Yeah, Ken John Barner's still on the roster.
1: Yeah, so they, they still have a they still have a, a loaded roster of, of running backs. Um, they're gonna get rid of the guy who can't stay healthy.
2: Yeah, uh, this isn't a surprise to anybody in, in terms of the Ryan Matthews. If, if they ever brought any other running back, they were going to let Ryan Matthews be the one to go. He was the one to go. And uh, I was wishfully thinking and hoping that no one would sign Blunt, not because I don't like Blunt, but I wanted to see what Belichick would do when he, he, he pulled that move and pulled the fast one, hoping someone would sign him and he gets a draft pick. But if everyone stood pat, he's got to sign Blau and then figure out what the hell to do with seven running backs and figure mm-hmm. out who to cut. I wanted to see what he would I mean, he still has uh, a plethora of running backs right now. He still has to work through and decide. But I wanted to see just a little bit more. Uh, I wanted for once a play to bite him in the butt. And it didn't
1: happen. It didn't happen. Instead, he gets Dana a big out of it. All right, Devonta Freeman told ESPN's uh, Justina Anderson that he wants elite running back money on a contract extension. Um, uh, I mean, I can see it. I mean, this is his. He's in his. He's in his fourth year. So this is the end of his rookie contract. Uh, next year, it's time to start. You know, time to start negotiating for next year. V Atlanta Falcons, we will we'll get into this later. The Atlanta Falcons did draft Brian Hill out of Wyoming. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they've got Devonta Freeman, on who's the end of his rookie contract is coming up the end of this year. Then they also have Tevin Coleman, whose rookie contract is coming up the year after that. So, um, I honestly think they've drafted Brian Hill to take over for whichever one they know they're not going to sign. So, uh, what what
2: I'll say is this: uh, Steve Sarkeesian is not the offensive coordinator that they had last year. Things are going to change. Um, my question to you is: Who would you give a more elite status to, Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman?
1: Uh, Freeman.
2: I mean, because they're both they're both very very good. Uh, I think they both benefited from a very strong Kyle Shanahan offense, and I think things are going to change a little bit here now with Sarkeesian in the in the uh, as at the helm. Um, saw a lot of him as the head coach of Washington. Uh, I think he did a great uh, did great things at USC. I have not seen it. As a head coach, I really hope things get back on track for him professionally. I just don't know what that means in terms of the running game and what it looks like for the running backs moving forward. Anything can happen this year. I think he's going to need a more monster year that separates him from Coleman. Otherwise, they'll look to let him go, keep Coleman, and they've got Hill. So they'll have two. So I think the, the Falcons did a very good job in the draft this year. So.
1: I think honestly, here's here's why. They hold on to Freeman because he is he is very elusive, can catch the ball out of the backfield very, very well. Yeah. Tevin Coleman is a little bit more of the hammer, has a little bit more, you know, kind of a a hammer body mass, you know, jam it up the middle type of guy. They let Coleman go. They've got Brian Hill, who one of his downfalls is the fact that he runs like a fullback. Um, I mean, watch. They, I mean, he's he's described as a violent runner. He's very much Marshawn-esque when he is running the ball. Um, so I can see I can see them letting signing Freeman, letting Coleman go.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of people that love Brian Hill. One of our more more popular episodes when doing the pre-draft interviews. Yep. There's a lot of people that are high on him, really excited, uh, and so. Uh, I'm encouraged to see what he'll get to do. Um, I don't know how much game time he'll get this year. It'll all depend the, on injury. Yeah. It, it, the two guys in front of him are workhorses, both of them. And so yeah. maybe he gets a little bit of special teams play. I don't know. But uh, I think the future looks good for him getting kind of that red shirt year this year in the NFL. All
1: right. And the last thing we're going to cover, uh, CSN, uh, Bay Area's Matt Moyoko, however you say his name, believes fourth round rookie Joe Williams has a legitimate chance to immediately unseat Carlos Hyde as the starter. Uh, there are a lot I mean, looking if you look at the comments on Sleeperbot, you think, oh my word, people are, you know, you're just an idiot. How can this be? Here's the problem. Hyde has not shown an ability to stay healthy for an entire season. This is a, a new regime in San Francisco. A new coach, a new general manager. Hyde is the, from the, you know, not even the previous regime, the one before that. Um, you know, he's had trouble staying healthy. You know, it could be something that they see that they don't like. I, you know, I have no problem with this personally. I, I think it very well could be Jim Williams' backfield this next year. Or you know, maybe it starts as Carlos Hyde's and then it ends up Joe Williams. Um, but I I don't see Carlos Hyde being the starter at the end of the year because you know why? We never see Carlos Hyde as the starter at the end of the year. He's always hurt. He
2: he starts out of the gate really really well. He has yep. the last two seasons. Yep. Um, he has bit me because I always end up going against him early in the season. And I don't get the last laugh later in the season when the person I went up against had him, and now has to put him on the waivers. Like he'll end up on the waivers by the end of the year in most fantasy leagues, because once again can't stay healthy. And and though he's twenty five, once again, all the other elements that put together a team are working against him. He had new system, new everything. Um, they took a running back in the draft. So obviously, they saw something in this in this running back that they want to develop. And who knows? They not uh, only we'll definitely cover it in a, in the next episode when we talk about the NFC and AFC West. But it's an open it's an open market at this point.
1: They not only took a running back; they also signed Tim Hightower. So you know, I'm I'm not. You know, I very well could see. Bye-bye, yeah. Carlos Hyde. Bye-bye, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> so, all right, so that's it for our news and notes. Real quick, uh, a word about Bluehost, who is our new hosting platform for WordPress. They are uh, one of the top, if not the top, uh, recommended web hosting uh, actually by WordPress.org. Um, every account features one-click WordPress installation. They have 24-7, per- uh, 24/7 support with trained in-house experts, um, they have a money back guarantee for a full refund after 30 days if you don't like it plus when you sign up for a new hosting account you get over hundred and fifty dollars in free offers for uh, google advertising Bing advertising to uh, help you grow your website and your business so uh, go over to to check out bluehost go to skulkingfootball.com slash track slash bluehost uh, to find out more all right let's get into these uh, let's get into these uh, The AFC South. So here we go. Starting off, Houston. Uh, The Texans were one of the three teams in this year's draft to trade up for a quarterback. Getting them, Deshaun Watson, who Greg was hoping so much his Bears would draft instead of Mitchell Trubisky, but it wasn't to be. Um, So the Texans have already improved their quarterback situation by drafting Deshaun Watson and getting rid of Brock Osweiler. Um, he may not be an immediate fantasy play with Tom Savage still slated to be the starter for now, um, but could be starting mid-season and I think could contribute in two quarterback leagues. Um, so if you have you know that that kind of scoring, those are those oh man those can be interesting games. Um, but yeah, two quarterback scoring, I think that Deshaun Watson could find value there. Um, you know, I think that. Also improves DeAndre Hopkins by not having Brock Osweiler there because Brock Osweiler couldn't even throw an accurate pass at five yards. Addition by subtraction. Yes, really. Great math, great say. math. Um, even if it's Tom Savage the whole season, DeAndre Hopkins' value has just improved. Um, the Texans also drafted Daunt, uh, Deontay Foreman out of uh, Texas to spell Lamar, Lamar Miller. Um, I could see Miller or I could see uh, Foreman uh, getting some getting some time. Um, Playing this year. I can see Miller, you know, if something happens to Miller, Foreman could be very, very um productive. Um he's already an upgrade over Alfred Blue, in my opinion. So however, yeah. if, if we did get a report uh I want to say two days ago that uh Foreman has been a little uh little out of out of shape and basically during a rookie camp was on a bike most of the time. So <laughs> not necessarily a good thing there.
2: Is he on that uh, that Carolina diet plan?
1: No, uh, he's he's a Texas boy. So a te- <laughs> it's it's the Texas rib diet.
2: Yeah. All right. So uh, I I think here, here's what I'll say. Um, everyone wants to to jab Brock Osweiler, and I do. Um, but here's one thing: at the beginning of last year, he was ahead of Tom Savage. Tom Savage was on the roster, and Houston went and got Brock Osweiler. So to me, this is much more an open tryout really for the starting quarterback position than most people give it credit for, in my opinion. And I think this is similar to the uh, Russell Wilson play in that Russell Wilson came in, it was That's open tryouts.
1: Route, r- yeah. drafted in the third round. So he,
2: granted, Wilson was drafted later. Um, Deshaun Watson getting drafted as high as he did puts him more in play. Yeah. Um, proven winner in college. Won tons of games, just like Russell Wilson. Proven leadership capabilities, just like Russell Wilson. Those who want to who wanna, uh, watch the interview that we had with the announcer from Clemson really talked about how he had leadership capabilities. I have not heard of anything about Tom Savage. So I think from an overall perspective, from a locker room leader, from his ability to play, from his ability to lead, and his proven track record and ability to win, I give the edge to Deshaun Watson over Tom Savage for the starter week
1: one. Uh, I guess we'll see how it plays out in the preseason. All right, Indianapolis. Uh, The Colts may have drafted their running back of the future in Marlon Mack out of South Florida. Um, He shouldn't be behind Robert Turbin for very long. He will start out behind Robert Turbin. Um, You know, with Frank Gore uh, being the lead back, approaching 80 years old.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... But, but a consistent play in fantasy.
1: Yeah, he's he's so always right around that 1000 yard mark. Um, you know, it's possible that, you know, if something happens to Frank Gore, who's only had I want to say he's only had like one season where he's been injured really at all. Um, you know, Mac could he could find work early in the season. Um, he could, you know, take maybe even take it over for Robert Turbin being like the third downer role. Um, but I think I think Mac is a very good dynasty pick. Uh, picking him up for when uh, for when he could eventually take over that role, take over the lead role there. Um, they also drafted some offensive lineman or, or one offensive lineman to help protect Andrew Luck and keep him upright. I don't know if one offensive lineman was enough. We'll see what else happens. Um, really, I think I think in terms of fantasy, the Colt uh, Mac is a sleeper. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Andrew Luck is still going to be projected to be one of the top quarterbacks. Um, I currently have him as quarterback. I, I tentatively have him as quarterback number five based on the hopes that the line will hold together and keep him upright. That's it. So yeah. based, on, based on talent, I mean, I tend to be risk averse. I won't draft him, but, um, you know, the, the possibilities are there. So,
2: Yeah, I, I don't really have too much more to add. It's just I hope Andrew can stay healthy for a full year. Um as a number one draft pick, he's had a lot of promise, but just he can't keep upright. And you can't continue to take that kind of pounding over an extended period of time. I mean, obviously, he's better quarterback than Jake Locker, but Jake Locker took a beating in Tennessee. Yeah. And Mariota took a beating at the end of last year. So I'm really hoping that Mariota's career doesn't end up like Jake Locker's and he's out in four years. But a quarterback cannot continue to withstand that much punishment i'm putting luck further down just because he doesn't have a line to help him and injuries are a factor we talk about it all the time injuries yep. are a factor
1: yep all right uh, jacksonville the jaguars made an, uh, an effort to improve their offense uh, with their first two picks they took leonard Fournette um, at number 4 overall who should if you know it quote unquote if he wins the job which he will um, should take the pressure a little bit of pressure off Blake Bortles, um, and provide a solid running back that Jacksonville has not had in years. Um, they also added uh, offensive line help um, in Cam Robinson out of Alabama, um, who could play to either tackle or guard. And then the Jags also added another wide receiver. The only, they took Dee Dee Westbrook, which my only my wondering behind this is. Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns are both in their fourth years, I want to say. And it very well could be that they may be looking at not re-signing Hearns, would be my guess. Yeah. Because Robinson was a – I want to say Robinson was a a first-round pick. Well, Robinson's better. And Robinson – I mean, Robinson's a beast. Um, Allen Hearns – and Marquise Lee has been an underrated – um, the yeah. options Andy last year he really turned it on so it very well could be that, that D.D. Westbrook is coming in because they don't figure they're going to re-sign one of these guys um, as That well. would be the
2: only reason why I think that I, to me if any team was set a wide receiver it was Jacksonville <laughs> um, they needed obviously they needed running back help once again I think Fournette, it's Fournette's job to lose but one thing that this really does is pull some pressure off by Bortles allows them to be a more balanced team, maybe even a little bit more of a run first team. Obviously, just because there was success at Dallas on leaning heavily uh, on, on a rookie running back doesn't mean that yes, it's going to happen number, at Jacksonville.
1: Yes, but Dallas had the number one line in the league. so Yeah, yeah that's also a very, very
2: important factor.
1: All right. Uh, moving on, Tennessee, Marcus Mariota finally has a top-shelf wide receiver to throw to in Corey Davis, if Corey Davis can get healthy from his ankle surgery. Um, the Titans also added another solid wide receiver in Taewon Taylor, who has great speed and could get work as a third wide receiver behind Davis and Shard Matthews. I personally really like Taewon Taylor, um, especially doing the interview with the um, – oh, who was it? uh lee randy lee out of western kentucky there we go um i think that taewon taylor is going to take over the slot role from uh god who was last year's big you know gem that everyone was gonna everyone thought was going to be uh not okay. anyway, remember. anyway he's dealing with he's dealing with legal troubles so you know from uh from uh Whole, uh, beating up a guy in a, in an alley, Tajay Sharp. That's his Tajay Sharp. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so So, um, I think that I think that uh, Taewon Taylor will take over by the end of the season. Will take over that slot role and could be a, a solid play. Um, more of a uh, DFS type of guy. Delaney Walker is in his mid thirties, so they got younger at tight end with Jonu Smith. Um, again, he's going to be he's going to be a, more of a um, uh, a, a week-to-week DFS guy um, uh, depending on whether Delaney Walker is healthy so and they also uh, their offensive yeah. line so hopefully they'll be able to protect uh, protect Mariota better
2: uh, interesting question I have for you is with the addition of Corey Davis now having another deep threat for Mariota does this help Delaney Walker or hurt Delaney Walker because on one hand it opens up the field but now Delaney Walker is no longer the big target or the big body with hands down the field.
1: Here's, here's the thing. Corey Davis needs to get healthy. And Marcus Mariota has two years of throwing the ball mainly to Delaney Walker. That yeah. is, that is, um, that's experience and chemistry that you cannot just immediately replace. So, I think for right now it it does not hurt Delaney Walker. It could. But I think Delaney Walker will be more will I think it'll go more um, Delaney Walker will be um, will be out from injury before the, the fantasy effects take you know really take over from Corey Davis being being the number one guy there. So does it help or hurt? Eventually it, it will hurt. For now. Okay. For now. For now, neither does it. No. Okay. All right, so NFC South, Atlanta. Here we go. The Falcons already had one of the most electri- electrifying offenses in the league last season, but that's not what they're going to be remembered for. They're going to be remembered for their defensive meltdown in the Super Bowl after leading 28-3. Ugh, the Falcons focused on their defense uh, in the draft, um, which they needed desperately to do, um, and they took, uh, they took, like we talked about earlier, they took running back Brian Hill... Um, who for now is, again, he's going to be more of a dynasty pick. He's really only going to see the field um, as a, a as a backup if injury takes place um, with uh, Freeman and uh, Coleman's um, contracts coming up in the next two years. So really, it's really the only fantasy-relevant thing there is Brian Hill, and he's a dynasty pick. Yeah, they posted
2: their defense. Atlanta was a – very hot pick defensively later in the season i think they'll be top uh higher on the list top 10 defense to grab someone's gonna grab them they bolstered their defense they were solid last year i think the the story really here is that they've now become a more formidable defense um obviously time will tell but i, I think they're obviously a top 10 defense now
1: I think they could be. I think uh, in terms of fantasy, I mean, maybe not in the NFL, NFL, but in terms of fantasy, um, the the people that they have brought in could, you know, again, more scoring, more turnovers, for defensive scoring. So,
2: well, yeah, also, but the the handoff is they're still playing the same division as the Saints, who throw the ball and score it well. They can't stop anybody, but they score. Uh, Carolina Panthers. I'm expecting Cam Newton to have a bounce back, not nearly what he had. Uh, that There's big go. year before. Um but he's gonna bounce back a little bit more and I think the Buccaneers are gonna have a good year. So yes, they're a top ten, but they're still in a very offensively scoring division.
1: Yeah. It'll be it'll be the sacks, the interceptions, and the and the defensive yep. scoring yeah. that will help them not not the fact that they're keeping teams from scoring. So
2: they will not shit anybody <laughs> out. <No. laughs>
1: All right. Uh, Carolina, the Panthers try to take pressure off Cam Newton in the offense by giving him weapons with their first two picks. They take running back Christian McCaffrey, who very well could be a you know a PPR gold um, this next fantasy season. Um, they they drafted him to use him. Um, if Jonathan if Jonathan Stewart has problems staying healthy, it's going to mean even more for Christian McCaffrey. Um, they also drafted Curtis Samuel, who you know out of. Ohio State played a little bit of wide receiver. It was mainly their running back. He he was the running back that took over after um, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he's he's a hybrid. He's a Percy Harvin type. He is he's a small body. I want to say he's like 195 pounds, five eleven. Um, basically, he's like 10 pounds bigger than John Ross and. Ten pounds heavier than John Rawson playing running back, so they've drafted him basically to be kind of a slot wide receiver gadget guy. Um, He could have some value. Uh, Honestly, it's it's PPR. I think he becomes. I think he falls into that Tavon Austin role. To be completely honest, that he could have a couple weeks that will be good for him, but overall, by the end of the season, he's not going to his. His big games will make it look like he was actually really fantasy relevant when he'll have enough games that weren't yeah. for people to actually see the light. Yeah.
2: Uh, to me, Christian McCaffrey is my favorite fantasy relevant rookie personally, and here's why. Uh, wide receivers have difficulty the first couple of years. That's just that's normal. That's the way it is. Uh, I, Say, say again?
1: That's the way it is.
2: That's just the way it is. Uh, and I think I love PPR. That's my preferred fantasy football route. And so obviously Christian McCaffrey being able to catch the ball, very, very dynamic. I think he was the best running back in the draft um, it, in terms of overall versatility. Uh, yes, Fournette is big and can blast somebody, but McCaffrey can do the same once again another player that we highlighted before the draft in talking with, uh, another announcer McCaffrey can do it all, but he's not going to be asked to this year. So no. he's going to be more healthy throughout the whole season. Uh, one injury to, uh, Fournette and the Jaguars are screwed. So, uh, but if something were to happen to McCaffrey, the ja- the, the, um, The Panthers aren't as much in trouble, but I think Chris McCaffrey is more dynamic, more versatile, and a better overall pick, and my number one out of the gate rookie of the year candidate on the offensive side.
0: All
1: right. We already talked about mine two weeks ago, Zay Jones. Yeah. So, but again, I'm a, I'm again, I'm a PPR wide receiver guy. So, and I don't believe in Sammy Watkins. I don't think I don't either. So, all right, New Orleans, the Saints, uh, trying to protect Drew Brees for as long as they can, so they added uh, with their first pick. Or no, sorry, it was their second second pick because they had a they had an earlier pick. Um, so with the thirty second overall, they took uh, offensive tackle Ryan Ramchick, uh to bolster up the line in both run and pass blocking uh, to help kind of pave the way for apparently Adrian Peterson. Um, they also drafted what may seem to eventually be Mark Ingram's replacement in Alvin Kamara. Will be be interesting to see how much how much playing time Kamara actually gets because Kamara can do basically everything that Mark Ingram can. And Adrian Peterson again is going to be the hammer. There are so many people that just that keep saying that Adrian Peterson is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's never had a quarterback like like True Brees. It's going to open up all these holes for him. We'll see if he can stay healthy. So. Um, you know i think again kamara is a is a dynasty type of pick that will be he'll be you know he'll take the marking room role once marking room's gone so
2: yeah it's one of those things that there's a growing debate over how long these quarterbacks can actually play one they're in a quarterback friendly league and two they're all stars to me i mean the saints did move up to the over to the number eleven overall to bolster their defense in picking up Marshawn Lattimore, um, so they help their cause on defense and maybe uh, maybe Drew Brees doesn't have to throw the rock as much. I honestly don't think Marshawn Lattimore will have that much impact on the defensive side, but it they did make a play on defense. Hopefully that trickles down to help the offense not be so dependent on scoring eight million points. Yeah, so.
1: All right, let's finish this off. Down the, the home stretch. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers bolstered up their offense by adding tight end OJ Howard, who could make for a great tight end duo with Cameron Braid. Um, but we'll see. Rookie tight ends don't necessarily always have the greatest production. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, I want to say the average, the average rookie tight end finishes his season with like 400 yards and two to three TDs. Now I understand that OJ Howard is not your average tight end, and he's going to be in a very pass-heavy offense. But still, um, he has Cameron Brate, who already has again a a, a rapport with Jameis Winston. Uh, they also added another wide receiver in Chris Godwin, who has big catch ability and plays really plays bigger than a six-one frame. I think that Godwin is more of a um, He's more of a sleeper pick and a um, and a dynasty pick who will take over eventually for Deshaun Jackson, who they just brought in. Um, I want to say that Vincent Jackson's still there, but he's had problems staying healthy the last couple years. In the last few years, he's near the end of his career. Um, I think that again, I think Godwin's more of a again a a player down the road type of guy, and then. For me, the real sleeper pick for the Bucks was picking up running back Jeremy McNichols out of Boise State. Um, he's a dual threat out of the backfield and could work himself into the rotation again if if Doug Martin can't stay healthy. He's already serving, I want to say, a four game. He'll be serving a four game suspension to begin the season for um, the substance abuse. I want to say it was a. I want to say he was taking a, a performance enhancing drug of some kind um, to try to help him get healthy again. Um, You know, he's had health issues. Charles Sims has proven in Doug Martin's absence that Charles Sims is not a running back. He's a catch-the-ball-out-of-the-backfield back. (laughs) So um, I think that Jeremy McNichols could cut into both those and possibly be the running back of the future for him.
2: Yeah, I really love the O.J. Howard pick in, in making their pass offense more dynamic. Um, O.J. Howard was a difference maker two years ago in the national championship win by Alabama and was a difference maker in this last year's championship game, uh, but Alabama defense just couldn't hold off to Sean Watson. Yep. What I'll say is this. Last year, there was a rookie tight end who made a notable, noticeable splash in fantasy value. Now, that did take an injury from Antonio Gates to happen, but Hunter Henry did arrive on the scene, didn't have a lot of yards, but did score eight touchdowns. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that O.J. Howard's going to score eight touchdowns, but what I am saying is this. In a, once again, an offensively-minded division and an offensive-friendly division, O.J. Howard could make a splash this year. Obviously, there's other better options to go with as a first pick, um, even within the division. And then Greg Olson is a solid number one Uh, one candidate for your first pick. Obviously, he goes a little bit higher in the draft than my liking, but I think O.J. Howard's a really nice pick so far. The Godwin pick, I don't know. Um, I don't like it.
1: Um, I do, but that's me. I mean, I'm, um, I'm watching his film. He's he's one of those guys. That, again, he plays bigger than his six-one frame. He plays like he's six-three. He goes up and gets the. He comes down with the fifty-fifty balls. Every single catch that he makes is big time. He will make if it's if it if the ball need if he needs to come down with the ball, he comes down with the ball. But that, I mean, again, that's me watching his tape.
2: Yeah, I think. I think he's a bigger play long term than short term, uh, and I agree
1: with that. I agree with that.
2: Um, I I just don't from that's that's what I that's what I meant by saying I don't know about the pick there in terms of immediate value, and um, in, in really in the first three rounds, I think you're looking to fill more immediate holes than plan for the future necessarily. Um, but Godwin's more of a long term play. Um, Obviously, I'm expecting some big things from Tampa Bay's offense pass, pass-wise uh, this year. I don't know if Jameis Winston is someone that I really want to grab as a quarterback just because his propensity to throw the ball to the other team. Um, but yeah, I-, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, draft for this year. So,
1: um, Real quick, one thing, the difference for me between, say, O.J. Howard going to going to Tampa Bay and the, the example you brought up with Hunter Henry. Look at the quarterbacks and look at the system. O.J. Howard is True. going to a team with yes with an established with an established tight end in in Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait's not at the end of his career. Cameron Brait's pretty young. Okay, so you've got that. Tampa Bay also has a number one wide receiver in Mike in Mike Evans. Yeah, you go to San Diego where Hunter Henry came in. He came in, and there
2: was no number one receiver.
1: There was not after because of injury. Because yeah, of injury. Because injury. But after. The first half of the first yeah. game, you lost. You know, you lost Keenan Allen for the season, God. and in the second game, you lose Danny Woodhead to an ACL for the season. So yeah. the top two pass catchers, other than your other tight end who couldn't stay, who had problems staying healthy, really, Hunter Henry had to step up. So it had to be Tyrell Williams. It had to be uh, uh, Travis Benjamin. It had to be Hunter Henry. There was no choice. Yeah. So, all right.
2: Well, as a random question, do you think that the Buccaneers run any two tight end sets now that they have the body size of OJ Howard, yes. and they don't necessarily have the dip, the the deep core? They don't have a, uh, a Marquise Lee as their third wide receiver. So, do they put OJ Howard more on the field in two tight end sets? Yes. Will they? They should, but will they?
1: I don't know. All right. So, all right well, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, any final words from you? Uh, no, just want to uh, say thanks for listening to the podcast.
2: We appreciate uh, your listening uh, and your viewership on the podcast. So once again, just thank you for uh, for joining us tonight
1: all right well that's it uh for justin my name is ryan Skolder. again we want to thank you guys for uh for listening this has been the skull king football podcast and we'll uh we'll talk to you guys later hey skull king nation thank you for listening to the skull king football podcast did you like this episode if so be sure to go to itunes stitcher google play and youtube to subscribe also please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues
0: Once upon a morning, there was a freshly brewed McCafe coffee. It was made with 100% Arabica beans, yet something was missing. Fear not, in the distance, a sausage McMuffin with egg rides toward the sunrise in quest for breakfast. The perfect pair met at McDonald's, and mornings were happy forever after. Right now, get a $1 small coffee and a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg from the $123 menu. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.